Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining podcasts. Do you like to listen? Hi, I'm Brody. I'm Leighton. And you're listening to History Goes Bump. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 230th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. Right there at the beginning of the show, that little intro was by our niece and nephew, Brody and Layton. When we have a niece and nephew in town, why not get them live on the show? Especially when one of them is the creepy one we always tell you about. Yes, little creepy. Leighton got to spend the night in the studio, so he was in here with all the skulls and Pennywise and all kinds of other creepy stuff we have in here. The Haunted Mansion stuff. Denise, we are really excited about this particular episode. This is probably the most unique one that we've ever done. A couple of things that we want to start off telling you is if you listen to our podcast in a noisy environment, whether it's a noisy commute or a noisy office, you might want to save this for later when you can listen to it in a more quiet place where you can focus a little bit more because we are going to be joined on this episode by four young ladies who are from Malaysia. So that means our connection is between America and Malaysia on Skype. So sometimes it's really clear, other times it's not. And also with these young ladies, they do a fabulous job with the language, but English is not their first language. And so you know the pronunciation struggles I have. And so you're going to be listening with the Malaysian pronunciation of the English words is all. And they're also shy. They do become more forthright as the podcast goes. So at the beginning, you're just going to get through some of the shyness as they warm up to us. Obviously, they're not in a studio talking to us. It's just a laptop that they have sitting up in the middle of the room for all of them to talk. We did it via video so that we could actually see the ladies and they could see us. And I have to tell you, when you look on there and you see these four young ladies, they're Malaysian, they're Muslim, so they all have their hijabs on. You're thinking, really, they're going to tell us about legends and creepy stuff? And yes, they're totally into it. So I just believe you're really going to love this. How this got set up is our listener, Courtney Weaver, is an American teacher who is over there. And she has this horror club that these girls started with her, the SMKB Horror Club. And I thought that was really cool and unique, too, because who would have known a teacher over in, again, not not to pigeonhole anything, but in a Muslim country would have these young ladies doing a horror club and meeting and getting together to talk about all things creepy. So I thought that was really neat. Courtney had listened to several of our episodes that feature legends in different countries. And she said, you guys have got to do Malaysia. They have some great stuff over here. So she started telling me all these different things and the different legends and how she has these young girls that are in this club with her. And I went, well, it'd be really cool if you you could join us on the show. 
Well, not only was it about having Courtney join us, but she got these young ladies to join us as well. And I was so excited because we don't usually have young people on with us to begin with. And then to have them telling their own personal experiences and the legends that they've been told is just very cool. So that's what you're going to be hearing on this episode. Before we get into that, we want to welcome into the Spooktacular crew, Michael. Hello, Michael. Latarsha. Hey, Latarsha. Aaron with an E. Hey, Aaron with an E. Karen with a C and a Y. Hello, Karen with a C and Y. Carrie with a C. Hey, Carrie with a C. Jayla. Hello, Jayla. Valentina. Hey, Valentina. Paula. Hello, Paula. Emily. Hi, Emily. Nika. Hey, Nika. John. Hello, John. Cammy with an I. Hey, Cammy with an I. Deb. Hey, Deb. Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Charlie with an IE. Hello, Charlie with an IE. Morgan. Hello, Morgan. Tara. Hi, Tara. Joseph. Hey, Joseph. Katie with an IE. Hey, Katie with an IE. Leonton. I hope that's how you say that name. Hello, Leonton. Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Jaina. Hey, Jaina. Jan. Hello, Jan. Chance. Hello, Chance. Anjanette. Hi, Anjanette. Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Candice. Hi, Candice. Amy. Hello, Amy. Alex. Hi, Alex. Nicholas. Hey, Nicholas. Jen with two N's. Hello, Jen with two N's. Zach. Hey, Zach. Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Dolly. And I have to say, hello, Dolly. And I'll just say hello, Dolly, without the singing because I don't want to hurt your ears. And finally, Casey, who is the host of the Southern Grimoire podcast, which I just got done binge listening to. It's excellent. If you guys are into creepy, mysterious, and true crime, you're going to enjoy it. Hello, Casey. And now, this moment in oddity. Flathead Lake can be found in northwest Montana on the southern tip of the Rocky Mountain Trench. It is the largest natural freshwater lake in the western United States. Flathead Lake is also home to a creature that is named for the lake. Those who've seen the Flathead Lake monster describe it looking similar to the Loch Ness Monster with an eel-like or snake-like body. There are other reports that compare the monster to a giant sturgeon. Some say it is brownish in color, others say it is blue-black. The first sighting was recorded in 1889 by Captain James C. Kerr and his passengers as he steered the steamboat U.S. Grant around Lake Flathead. There's an average of one or two sightings a year. In 1993, a person reported seeing two monsters in Big Arm Bay. That same year, there were 13 reported sightings. The most recent sighting was in the summer of 2016. If there is some kind of sea monster in the waters of Flathead Lake in Montana, that would certainly be odd. And now, this month in history. This month in history was suggested by listener Lori Gunter in honor of National Diabetes Awareness Month. In the month of November in 1922, Eli Lilly chemist George B. Walden discovered isoelectric precipitation, which made it possible to produce large quantities of highly refined insulin. The discovery of insulin and the road to its man-made production dates back to 1869, when a medical student in Berlin named Paul Langerhaus discovered tissue clumps in the pancreas, which were named for him the islets of Langerhaus. 
Dr. Frederick Bantine and his assistant, Charles Best, begin experiments at the University of Toronto in a lab provided by J.J.R. McLeod in 1921 to see if they could isolate what substance was produced by the pancreas. Dr. Bantine figured out that it was connected to the islets of Langerhaus, and he began tests on dogs that eventually confirmed the existence of islatin, or what we now call insulin. Dr. Bantine and Bess injected a severely diabetic dog with pancreas extract and prolonged its life. A biochemist named James Collip worked with the men to purify the substance, and they tested it on a 14-year-old boy named Leonard Thompson. He had a severe allergic reaction, and Collip purified the insulin further. It worked like a charm. Eli Lilly then collaborated with the University of Toronto to figure out a way to produce insulin commercially. Lilly research chemist George Walden developed the pure, stable form of insulin and a way to produce it in large quantities with isoelectric precipitation. The Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine was awarded in 1923 to Dr. Bantine and J.J.R. McLeod. Dr. Bantine was infuriated that Best was not mentioned in the award, and he split his prize with the assistant. McLeod split his prize with the biochemist Collip. Sabah is one of two Malaysian states located at the northern tip of Borneo. The island is shared with Brunei, Indonesia, Kalimantan, and the second Malaysian state, Sarawak. This is home to over 40 different ethnic groups. Beaufort is a town located in Sabah, and this is where our guests join us from. They attend SMK Beaufort, and it is one of the oldest in town. There are many legends of ghouls, ghosts, and creatures in Malaysia. Some of these are similar to ones discussed in our Legends of Indonesia episode. We are joined on this episode by our listener, Courtney Weaver, and her students, Siti Nur Wahida, Binti Mat Lazem, Ainur Nadi Binti Jafar, Ila Afiri Binti Rosland, and Ifi Elia Binti Rosland. These ladies will share these legends and some of their own paranormal experiences. So do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Don't be Mali Mali Kuching. Okay, so start over here. My name is Ainur, and I'm 14 years old. <laughs> you have Wahida? I'm Wahida. <laughs> I'm Ilan. I'm Missy. <laughs> I'm Diane. And this is Denise. Okay. Diane and Denise. I think the first thing we wanted to start off with is asking you, Courtney, a little bit about yourself. What brought you to Malaysia and Sabah specifically there? So I actually got a grant. I am a recipient of a Fulbright English Teaching Award grant. So that's how I ended up in Malaysia. And it was just kind of fortuitous that I ended up in Sabah. We were just placed by the program. And that's how I ended up at SMK Beaufort and in Saba, and it, it ended up working out really well for me because I absolutely love it here. We're interested <laughs> to find out a little bit more about Saba because we don't know anything about it. So could you tell us, any of you, a little bit about it? Is it a big city? Is it small? So Saba is actually a state. So that refers to the whole state. So there are actually two states. So the way that Malaysia is made up. There's what's called Peninsular Malaysia, we call Samanunjung. And then there's also two states on the island of Borneo. So they call that East Malaysia. And there's Sarawak, uh, which is a bit more west of us. And then we are on the northern tip of Borneo. That's the state of Sabah. I think the girls can tell you a little bit more about the history and things of Sabah. So how did Sabah start out? 
Saba, when it initially started out, right, it was under the Brunei Sultanate, right? Mm -hmm. It was under the Brunei Sultanate, and then the Brunei Sultanate gave up peace to the Philippines, right? What was the name of that Sultanate again, guys? The the Sulu? Yeah. The Sulu Sultanate. So after that, who came in? Who took over Saba after Brunei? What about the British? The British came in. Okay. Yeah, so the British came in and established the North Borneo Company, right? The North Borneo Company in Saba, and that's actually how our town was founded, right? Beaufort was founded actually by the British. This town didn't exist until the British established it for rubber, right? Yeah, for rubber production. And that's how Beaufort got started. There were lots of settlements though, right? Klias and where else guys? Limbawang and everything was still here, but the town itself, what we call Pecan, actually was founded by the British. And that's why it has such a British name, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was named after the governor of Saba um, at the time, Beaufort. After the British, who came in? <laughs> the Japanese came in during World War II, right? Mm -hmm. So the Japanese came in in World War II. And then what happened after the Japanese girls? Merdeka. Merdeka. What's Merdeka mean? Independence. Independence. Yeah, Merdeka means independence. And then how did Saba end up part of Malaysia? Mm -hmm. They make a deal with the Semenanjung. Semenanjung, yeah. So they ended up making a deal with the peninsula, and that's how Saba has kind of gotten to where it is politically today as part of part of Malaysia. Saba and Sarawak are quite different from the peninsula, right? What are some of the ways, guys, that Saba is different from the peninsula? <laughs> yeah, did you catch that? <laughs> there, they were saying that the accent and the way people in Saba speak is very, very different from people on the peninsula. Okay. Where do most people think Sabahans are from? Oh. Indon, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when Sabahans go to Samananjung, to the peninsula or part of Malaysia, they think that Sabahans are actually Indonesian. One of my friends has actually had a professor at his university in Kuala Lumpur in the capital of Malaysia. So to Malaysia, and he's like, I'm Malaysian, I grew up in Sabah. And the guy was like, huh, what? And he was like, ah, welcome to Malaysia, because a lot of people on the peninsula, they actually don't realize that Sabah and Sarawak <laughs> are part of Malaysia. And they have such a very different way of speaking, right? What's one thing that you guys say in Sabah that they don't say in... Uh, do that. What about... Ba. Yeah. Ba. So B A H. Ba. Mm -hmm. The Sabahan slang is very different. So in the peninsula, a lot of people will say, like, la. You just say, like, bole la, which means, like, yeah, I can. But here we say, what? Bole ba. Bole ba which means, like, yeah, of course I can. So the way of speaking is very different, right? And plus, how many languages well, do we have in Saba? Countless yeah. languages in Saba. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because we have too many um, ethnic um, Lots of ethnic groups, right? 
Yeah, so there's lots of ethnic groups in Sabah. So I know your family is Murud, Murud and then Wahida, Bisaya. Bisaya, and then Bisaya and Ifi are both uh, Bisaya. Can you see Ifi or <laughs> This is Ifi. <laughs> They're both Bisaya. So all of those languages are quite different from each other. And a lot of the girls know certain some words in their ethnic languages as well. So that's kind of blended into the Sabahan oh, yeah. kind of dialect of Bahasa Malayu, which is um, Malay language. Very nice. Well, I liked Baliba better anyway. So there. Is that how yeah. they said it? <laughs> she said she likes Baliba better. <laughs> There is a special club that you all have formed, the Horror Club. So would one of you like to share with our listeners how that club got started? Actually, we create a, a group of a group for the English teachers and our class for class and members. Mm-hmm. Uh, our classmates. But then we're not talking about ghosts. Ghost. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when you go to the so we all we all just kind of ended up talking about horror stories all the time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on on WhatsApp, you can change group names, and our group name before the uh, before the club got started was the Creepy Kids, and they were always yeah they were telling us always telling me about the horror movies that they were watching and stuff like that, and I was like oh, this is awesome. And this is why I say I was very, very fortunate in my placement that I was placed with students who like the same things that I do, really enjoy horror movies and things like that. It was really awesome. So how did how did Horror Club get started? What have we been doing in Horror Club? We write a rug our, our, our own horror story. We exchange our, our, our yeah, exchange our ends about the horror things. We read some comics, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can go on to the skate. What was your favorite thing we did? Watching movie. Watching movie. I showed them the old version of it. Because oh. it just came out. So we watched, we just watched the mini series of it a week ago, right, guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what is it about the scary stories that you guys like? They're scaling. Mm-hmm. And go. <laughs> so you like the gory parts. You like the, like, gory parts oh. of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 they're very hard to impress. I started out with Edgar Allan Poe because I'm originally from the Baltimore area. So I was like, oh, I'll start out with some Edgar Allan Poe. They were not scared at all. They weren't impressed. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is interesting, but it's not, guys. <laughs> sure. I know when I was young, I liked scary movies because it made my heart race. So I liked having my heart race when I got scared. 
So do you guys like like your physical reaction to yeah. horror movies? Yes. Yeah, making your heart race. What else happens? Adrenaline. Yeah, your adrenaline gets going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goosebumps. Does anybody jump? Mm-hmm. Do you guys jump? No, I'm not jumping. You guys just said you like hairs. Yeah, we're not that scared. We're not that scared. Very brave. Well, I jump, so I guess you guys are braver than I am, you ladies. They're very, they're very brave. Some of the stories they've told me, I'm just like, I've laid awake at night and I'm just like, oh no, how am I going to sleep? They told me this story about this ghost. I know you have scary legends there that pertain to vampires, which are pretty scary creatures. And it seems like you have two different kinds there. And I know I'm going to say this wrong, so you'll probably all laugh at me. Balan, Balan, is that how you say one of them? Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're also laughing because what happens when you say the name, guys? <laughs> So when you say the name, the ghost will come, the creature will come when you say the name of it. So when you say Balan Balan, the the belief is that it's going to come and find you and haunt you. (laughs) Oh, great. Thanks, Diane. So you could have told me before I said it. They have quite a bit of ocean to cross to get to you guys. Okay. So hopefully you're okay. Hopefully there might be powerful okay, though. Okay. Do you want to tell them? Uh, but I know that it's a, a flying head. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's kind a head with some organs. A living vampire creature that detaches its head at night and goes around mm-hmm. for some bloody thing. Mm-hmm. On pregnant women, mm-hmm. uh, like the women that were pregnant and have during their period. <laughs> when they when they detach, the organ will be visible on people. Mm-hmm. So you can see the organs just kind of hanging down from the head, right? Oh, yes. But so, what do they do? Do they only come out at night, or? At night. At night. So what do they do during the day? Where does this flying head hang out? They they connect to their body. And that's like oh, it's like a normal human. Yeah. To prevent suspicion. Mm-hmm. But they cover but they cover the neck. Mm-hmm. There's a red red line. Around mm-hmm. their neck. And how did the bull on come about? Where did they come from? Some were saying it comes from the a cursed family. From generation to generation. Yes. Mm, so it's a curse that follows from generation to generation. Yes. Why was the family cursed? They were doing a black magic and it went wrong. So they were cursed. Oh. How do I so they just said the name, what do they do if a Balan Balan shows up at their at their doorstep? <laughs> do you know how to get rid of the Balan Balan? Just switch something that's sharp. It will be afraid if the organs touch the sharp thing and um, mirrors. Mirrors. Yes, mm-hmm. 
They're afraid of their face. Oh, okay. Good to know. So, oh, goodness, that is scary looking. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, what's interesting about the Balan Balan is vampires traditionally can't see themselves in a mirror. But a Balan Balan, can they see themselves in the mirror? And is that why they're afraid of them? Yeah, kind of. Okay. And you guys are saying they don't like to see their appearance, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't like to see it. My roommate, she actually, SMK Tiga, SMK Tiga, they actually have video footage, apparently, of a Balan Balan floating around. And the security guard who saw the video was instantly taken ill. He got very, very sick. The principal was looking at the video and everybody was either at Jumaat prayers or at what we call moral session for the non-Muslim students. So everybody was accounted for and there's this figure floating around the school and it appeared to be a Balan Balan. So apparently there's a Balan Balan somewhere in Beaufort (laughs) in our town. That is weird. Mm -hmm. Now, so so will that just keep going from what generation to generation? Does it go from generation to generation? Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Is it one person per generation, or can it be many? One person per generation. One person per generation. Is, is there anything a family can do to stop that curse so that it doesn't happen to their family anymore? Uh, I think it's... No, it just... Because, uh, no. that, the one that was cursed needs to be killed. <laughs> so that's how you stop it, is uh, by well, killing it. You can attach it to the to their body so they can find their body. Oh. You have to hide them. Yeah, right. That's just how we we're going to stop it. Uh, yes, we can actually, we can't. The person should die. Yeah, it's not where it's going. Guys, <laughs> that's how they can. The good thing is search for other person if the one uh, the body that she did die. What happens to a person if a Balan Balan gets them? Is it like a cla- like your classic vampire? They bite you in the neck, or what? What does a Balan Balan do? No, they will just suck your blood until it. Until it finishes. Mm. Oh, it's kind of when when a woman gets up, gets this bird, out of birth, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fluids, right, guys? That's the thing they eat it, right? Yeah. Does anything happen to the woman? Does she get sick, or do, are there any after effects? She gets sick. She gets sick. Okay, so she gets sick. And I don't know if it's in this marital. My child. Uh, I know. Shrieking and screaming. Uh, like hysteria. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Now there's another vampire like creature, the Pontianic, is that how you say it? Pontianus. Yes. Pontianus. Yes. Yes. So you want to tell them a little bit about the Pontianic? Pontianus is a female vampire spirit that people believe like we here believe that the it is a spirit of a woman who died while pregnant. Uh, their appearance, uh, like they have really long hair, like black long hair, and brown face, <laughs> and 
Oh my so this goodness. Is what the Pontianak looks like. So it basically <laughs> looks like a bride <laughs> with a so white dress. People, people think that they are very beautiful and when one will see the set of the Pontianak, it is ugly. <laughs> you know, we they also I think live at banana tree. They like when they hang out at the banana tree. Uh huh. They hang out at the banana tree. The lip So it's love was very like annoying. Like when it's love, you feel like you yeah, the song and and just get pumped out. Yeah, the song. Especially when you're alone and at night. So what happens? What does the Pontianak do? To its victims. Disturb people. Yes. Disturb people. Yeah. What kind of people? Like the Balan Balan likes women, right? Yeah. So it's like. Children. Children. No, children. Everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah, but most like most kids like like girls. Yeah. Like women. Yes, they think that women are weak. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So most of these spirits like to go after women because they think we're weak. Yeah. They got another thing coming, right? (laughs) Okay. So similar to the Pontianak, is that how you say it? Yeah. You have the long sewer. Who wants to tell us about this female spirit? Long sewer is similar to Pontianak. Only this is the spirit of a woman who suffers as a result of betrayal or heartless, yes. the person who before it became a long they have been murdered and want to take revenge and they they were uh, they were suicidal and killed themselves. Suicidal. Yeah. Yes, because they, they get them by yeah. their boyfriend or get. Oh, don't fight your boyfriend. So it's kind of like a tragic death. Yes, tragic death. Yeah, will kill your boyfriend. They kill their boyfriends. Oh my goodness! What do they do to them? Everything they could do. Everything they can do. Yeah. They will make the body. Part. The body parts. The body part. Ooh. And. She sucks out their <laughs> eyes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the difference between Pontianak and Langsui is like the Pontianak likes to harm the kids and the women, while Langsui harms just men. They are just men. Yeah, that's men. They just like like a a pretty woman, but then when they they uh, were changed, they were changed no to before that there's kind of oh my god what is oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
What were you looking for while he did it? Did you have a friend who was in the body? Like, grip out until all the... All, all its organs, like, we can see all of the organs. Everything inside? Yeah. From the back? From the back, yeah. Ooh! Wow. In different places around the world, there are these weird creatures, like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot, and you guys have something there that is kind of one of these weird creatures, and boy, I know I'm really going to butcher this one. Is it Tambu Akar? Tambu Akar. Yeah. So you sound like you were close, right? Say it again, guys. Tambu Akar. So very close. A plus. <laughs> Thank you. Hey. <laughs> so who wants to talk about the Tambu Akar? Tambu Akar is a unique creature that was only in Bokot, like in our Padas River, which is in Mohawk. We um, it also has some similarities, similarities to the Loch Ness monster, or can be in Lake Champlain. 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 Hmm? The creature is supposed to look like a dragon, like dragon. Wow! So it looks like a dragon. Yeah. Wow. But we can see it. We can see it with our eyes because it's invisible. <laughs> so it's like a spirit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there's like people said that if you took it um, in children, uh, children, the some water will. How would we end up taking its children? Because they can change, they can yeah. shape shift. Mm-hmm. So when the the Tambuakar children shape shift into normal fish. Not a normal kind of fish, but it's it looks unique. So the people will go with yeah. something like a fish with goldish. Uh, people will catch them. Catch them. Mm. And then our town floods, right? Yeah. <laughs> so how does it make it flood? Does it make the water rise? Is it because it splashes the water out? How does it cause the flooding? Both combined. Yeah. Big oh, right. and splash. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the um, water doesn't live on, in the water. Uh, like it lives somewhere, but when it's angry, like you want to cry or something, they will just jump the water, like the river, and it will flood. Yeah. You guys have this these things called they're like family spirits, Gimbaran or mm-hmm. Shahak. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Are you laughing at my pronunciation? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually. Uh, uh, typing error. It's not Saka. Saka. 
So it's a K instead of an H. Miss Courtney had a typing error. Oh, so it's it's not my fault. (laughs) No, it's not your fault. That was me. Okay, thank you. How do you say it? Saka. It's A-K-A. So Saka? Okay. You guys know quite a bit about Saka, right? Saka is a family spirit. Lagi bole. A member of the family makes a pact with with a spirit in exchange protection for your family. However, if the matter is passed, the spirit will have nowhere to go and they will like go to anybody. No, like in the family. What is what is which are like which like when 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 a father, when a father make deal with with the spirits, uh, for they, they ask, ask they will give them they ask the, they ask for protection. So when the father die, the spirit will go to their their check one of the father's children. Yeah. She will yeah. the weakest one. They will they will get into the the weakest one of their of the family children. It like feels disrespected because when the master of the spirit pass and no, when the master of the spirit was still alive, it feeds the spirit. So it feeds them. It yes. kind of keeps them happy. They have to keep the spirit happy. Yes. Mm. So if the weakest of the master of the spirit dies, right? And then the child of the, whoever the sakat um, goes to, right? If they keep them happy, will they be okay? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because other people will fight and just like they don't, they just, oh, they know if you have a sakat, yeah, kind of. Like they will just like that month, month you and just yes. all so the people says system will go down and people just don't like some uh family with soccer. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like cheating? Like you're cheating because you have to protect you? Uh, yeah. Kind of you believe in they believe people not believe in them. Okay, so it's kind of like black magic. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. So even though it's a protector for the family, it can be kind of a negative thing because it comes from black magic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the one who get this, who have the spirit, without the person want to, if the person don't want, can it's not her fault. It's like, it's a generation thing. So. Oh yeah, the Saka will come into the person's dream to ask if they want to be your master or not mm. and you can deny them if you say no yes the sucker will disturb you like oh, disturb you. if it if it comes to you in a dream you can tell it to go away and it will go away no because no, it will it be more upset and aggressive oh so you'll make it more angry yes yeah okay oh wow i know that Miss Courtney had sent me this thing that talks about how sometimes they do exorcisms. Is this to get rid of the family spirits? Mm-hmm. And how do they do these exorcisms? Do you do they pray to God to help or Allah or how how do they take care of that with an exorcism? Pray to God. Yeah, and like call the 
Oh, call the imam and imam. We will call uh, imam. Okay. It's uh, it's a person kind of for Christian. It's a pedri, something like that. Like, I understand. Like, like a father. Yeah, like your priest. Uh, ours is imam. So the imam will come and read our from read, our read. kitab and the glucose will affect and go away. So, how is the the exorcism for these ghosts, how is it different from the ones that you see in, like, the conjuring or the exorcist, right? Because those are Christian exorcisms. Mm-hmm. How is, like, an exorcism in Saba or a Muslim exorcism, how is it different? The Christian use the salib to like cross, uh, yeah, the cross, cross. cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a cross to get rid of them while us we we use like the imam will read some of from the kitab and it's just read and and the, sometimes they use some, they use some water water yeah. and uh padi brass and the padi padi Yeah, beras, rice, rice, rice. Rice that was not cooked. Not cooked or cooked already? No, not cooked. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what do they do with the rice? What do they do with the beras? They like the baca They will read something from the kitab. They will throw. They will, will throw to toward the toward the the, the, spirit. the, the, the ones that was being possessed. Uh huh. So, so instead of holy water, they throw rice. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay. You guys were telling me earlier about cooked corn or a cooked egg that they start at the head, like in the movie. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Is it you who was telling me about that? No. Like no. in, um, what's the movie, Don't Look Back? What, how do you say that in Bahasa Malayu? Don't Jangan look pandang belakang. Yeah, that old movie. They took a corn cob, right? Cooked corn, already cooked. And they started at the man's head and went all the way down his body all the way to his toes while the imam was saying his prayers and then they buried it they buried the corn and the ghost was attached to the corn every exorcism is different ah based on the how strong the the ghost uh-huh so it's a little bit more flexible than say like in the movies right because in the conjuring they were talking about how the one of the characters isn't a priest like can he do an exorcism so it's not as strict oh. or is it a little bit or the same it's just the kind of same kind of the same the difference is what what the imam read so the actual prayers can change depending on the spirit yeah okay ah okay 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 oh. but the imam has to do it The imam has to do the yes. right of the no, exorcism. No, not really all imam. Like some people that are expert. Yeah, we believe that <coughs> some people like with special special ability. Yeah, abilities to that can okay. connect to the spirit. Yeah, you know, if I learn how to, I can also. Can. Yeah. Mm, you also can. But actually, something like our. Uh, it's our our horror movie from Malaysia. Don't look uh, the jangan pandang belakang movies kind of comedy kan? Yeah. <laughs> kind of comedy. So it's like it's like scary movie one two three, <laughs> you know? Okay. Kind of like 
a joke about horror movies. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. But there's this, uh, we call it, Apa? Ah, Munafik. Ah, Munafik. It's, it's Munafik. Oh. Munafik is better than... Ah, Munafik is... So these are movies, right? Yes. Uh, so okay, these are these are just uh, Malaysian horror movies we're talking about. Okay, <laughs> good. Our ghost is just like a kind of that in the monastic. I, I think there was a place that had possessions. Is it Mempargar possessions? Did they have a bunch of people that were possessed there? Yeah. At your school. So that's Wahida and Ila. That was at their previous school. Um, so can you talk about Mumpagar? Actually, Mumpagar is uh, where it's a kind of graveyard. Oh, it's a graveyard. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The graveyard of the Japanese. Uh, World, War, World, World War II. World War II. Uh, so yes. Japanese from World War II. They, bur- they buried the bodies to the. In Mumpagar. Our school. Yes. By your school? Yeah. Okay. So what happened? So there's so much possessions. I guess they just, they destroyed the graveyard and built our school. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the, but the spirit of still there. And mm-hmm. So if uh, if the kids disturb them, they will disturb you. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. Were there any specific stories you can remember? Like, what happened? Like, how did you know that someone was possessed by these Japanese spirits? Someone seeing like a head was being hung on the tree. A head was hung on a tree? Yeah, they saw. Uh, the kids saw. Yeah. Uh, oh, the kids saw it. So they were crying. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? There was an actual head? <laughs> yeah, but the kids is the only one who saw them. Yeah, like because the kids like the ones that still can see him so maybe someone with special abilities oh. the kids with special abilities actually she got yeah the kids the kids have the abilities because the kids is weak. they were still young yeah and like we, when we were kids we can see ghosts mm-hmm. so they see them mm-hmm. Basically, what they're saying is the school that they went to was built on top of a graveyard and the bodies were not moved. Is that correct? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. So the bodies are still under the school is what you're saying. Yeah, but, maybe. But it's already... Maybe it's already turned into dust. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand. It it makes sense why there would be these spirits then. They might be mad that they were not moved before the school was built. Yeah. So what, what exactly happened, guys? I'm curious. What exactly happened? These um, possessions. What happened? Uh, the possessions. <laughs> I don't know. Because when I think of possession, I think of like the conjuring, you know? I oh. think of the conjuring. Was it like that? Yes. Oh, it was like that. Mm, but also based on the how weak ghosts are. How weak the ghosts are. Uh, if if it's have a strong spirit, so it will go so 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 what aggressive. Mm-hmm. If not, so it's just like sitting and watching other people like creepily. Mm-hmm. His eyes turn black. Somebody's eyes turn black. Yeah. Yes. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, do a Munafik. 
You can watch the ice. And- so it was just like during Monafi. Yeah. You, you saw that? That's terrifying. You just saw it. Just you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what happened if if somebody gets possessed at school what happens do they have to go home for the exorcism or no no they don't go home they just they just stay and stay away from from the exorcism and watch so along the lines of talking about these possessive type spirits you guys have jinn there and a lot of people think that they're like a demon and then you also have Hantu Raya. Are those two different yep, things? Raya. So you have a Jin and a Hantu Raya. Can you describe what those are? Are they both demons or are they something else? Just bad spirits? Start with the Jin. Jin is a spirit. It's just like humans. It's like humans. Mm-hmm. Have good and bad. And the bad one will disturb people. So the bad ones are kind of like ghosts or demons, right? They're yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's also good ones, you were saying, right? Yeah, the, the bad one will cause a possession. Possess. Yes. Mm-hmm. So bad jinn can possess you. Yeah. So what's the difference between just a bad jinn and Hantu Raya? What makes the Hantu Raya like? What is Hantu Raya? Mm-hmm. Hantu Raya is a... It's, actually, it's just like a Saka, but... Kind of saka. Well, is it uh, like a super strong saka? Um, bawa. No, bawa saka is. Saka is saka is stronger. Saka is stronger than Hantu Raya. Hantu Raya is uh, the bomo, the one who. His connection with the bomo. Ah. Yeah. Ah, with the bomo. What's a bomo, guys? Bomo. Bomo is kind of the one who make you got the who can. Help you connect with the, the the bad spirit like the black the battle uh, the black magic. Ah, is it a person? Yeah. Yes. Ah, it's a person. So Bomo is a person. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Bomo is. They yes. are just the same like witch. Ah, witch. I was just gonna <laughs> ask: Is are they like a witch or a voodoo doctor or something? So the Hantu Raya is the one connected with a Bomo. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Bomo, oh, no. Bomo is the Bomo owned this. And when uh, there are two types of bomo, (laughs) (laughs) two types of gin, two types of bomo. Yeah, (laughs) it depends on the how how uh, it's depend on the bomo's personality. Just like them, it's like if she if she's a bomo, (laughs) and she comes to her to ask for something, it's like. mm, she give a picture. She said, "Make her life, make her life disturbing and disturb, disturb and disturb her and make she love me." It's like that. Make mm-hmm. he love me. Then the Bomo will send Hantraya to to disturb yeah. the people in the picture. Ah, so that's where they get their power from. The Bomo gets their power from the Hantraya. Okay, what a, is there anything else about the Hantu Raya? So, like, if uh, Saka, if you don't take care of it, it gets angry, right? Yeah. What about the Hantu Raya? Same. Same? Yeah, it's like, it is like Saka, kind of Saka, but Saka is stronger. Mm. It also, the Hantu Raya also give a protection to the family, to the Bomo, and the Bomo feed them. The Hantu Raya protect their house from 
others people from actually when someone want to de- rob the bomo hantraya will kill them yeah. not kill but kind of kill kill is too much <laughs> well, you much. you said something about zombie like so it doesn't kill them but maybe it makes it so that it it controls them so they're almost like they're dead is that what you mean yeah yeah okay um, oh so they'll kind of take them over and make them zombie like mm-hmm. Ooh. so almost like a possession then mm, okay all right now we have this creature called a uh, toyol How do you say it, guys? How do you say it? Toyol. 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 Yes. Toyol. So what does a toyol look like? (laughs) Let's uh, start with that. What's a toyol look like? uh, (laughs) A a goblin-like creature. A goblin. That sounds so weird. (laughs) And toyol is green. green. It's green, too? Wow. Have a, a long eye. Pointy ears? Long pointy ears. Yeah. Long pointy ears? Yeah. And it uh, also has sharp teeth. Yeah. Sharp teeth. Sharp teeth. Yeah. They look like a small, bald children. (laughs) (laughs) Hairless. Small, bald, hairless children with pointy teeth and they're green, right? (laughs) Wow. So tell them a little bit about the Toyo. So they sound like they look pretty weird. What else do they do? What all do Toyo do? They steal things. Yep. They are a thief. They are a thief. They're a thief? Yeah. They love money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes people keep them for stealing. Ah. For people people keep the Toyo to help them steal from other people. So she just the people just ask the Toyo to steal. Go steal theirs, or the toyol will get into the house and then steal everything, just like money. And he stole money, mm-hmm. only stole money. Uh, if the person in the house realize there's something like toyol, they they can just throw a bin, a bin mm-hmm. to them. So the toyol will Count. end up counting the the bin until the morning, because they they only know how. To count until ten. Uh, until <laughs> one to ten. So the, the they will be confused. Yeah, because the bin is too, too many. So she only can eh, the toyol only can count them to ten, one to three. So, <laughs> so they end up counting until morning. So they catch them. Catch the toyol. And toyol sucks your blood. Yeah, toyol <laughs> also toe. can st- suck your blood. They suck from your toe. toe. So. From your toe, they suck your blood from your toe. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. When you when you're sleeping, it's like that. You lie down and they're under there. So you better keep <laughs> the sheets on top of your feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you yeah, ever seen cute. one before, or know anybody who has seen one? You uh, guys ever seen Toyol? No. Uh, no. <laughs> because I don't think there's any Toyol here. Yeah. No toil in Buffer. No toil in Buffer. No toil in Buffer. So we have a Balan Balan, but we don't have No, okay, no <laughs> goblins, but the other really creepy stuff. Great. There's also another thing that's called a pokong. Pokong? Pochong. Yeah. Po, po, pochong. <laughs> yeah, whenever you see a C 
uh, a C in a Bahasa Malayu word, um, they pronounce the C as a ch. Okay. So it's pochong. Okay, so pochong. Can you tell us a little bit about the pochong? This is the first one you guys told me about. Yeah, it's a soul of a dead person who is wrapped in a burial shroud, like kengkapan. <laughs> yeah, we mention it as a kengkapan. When when we die, uh, the people will bury us, wrap you. Yeah, wrap us with the. Yeah, with the kain the white, long and white clothes, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, the pochong is like, yeah, a dead person. It only, it, it can, it can walk, it or just jumping. can hop, like jumping. Why can't it walk? Because the leg was wrapped. <laughs> oh, so it's almost like a mummy, and since the legs are wrapped together, it has to hop. It can't walk because it can't move its legs. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then. So why did you see a pochong? When do they come out? Night. <laughs> at night. <laughs> Everything comes out at night, right? Yeah. yeah. They just don't. <laughs> but why would you see a pochong? What does a pochong want? Pochong is just... They just disturb people. They don't want anything. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> um, before it dies, like the person, before the pochong becomes a pochong, it's a person. So the person, like when it dies, like it's what? something like they are not at peace. Okay. So they okay. come to earth. And like we everybody that was on the that was on it way. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For no reason sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't something happen when like when you say balan balan, the ghost comes, but with the pochong, doesn't something happen every time you say the name? People believe it that way. <laughs> so what happens? What happens when you say the word? When you say the name? The pochong will come here, like it will hop when it comes. Yeah, it yeah. takes one hop, right? Yeah. Have you guys ever seen a pochong? We have never seen any before. Any mm-hmm. kind of ghost before? No pochong. No pochong. Sika, possession. Ah, uh, so you guys have seen possessions, but okay. no ghosts. Yeah. And exorcism and exorcism. Okay. Oh wow! No big deal. Just a yeah, just just exorcisms. exorcisms. Just exorcisms. Yeah. Oh, how boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's casual. <laughs> <laughs> Daily exorcism. So, what are the? Is it bunyan or bunyan? Bunyan. Yeah. So you guys want to talk about bunyan? What's a bunyan? Bunyan. It's like people. They're like people. People make normal clothes like humans. Mm-hmm. So what makes it different from normal people? They are from a different dimension. They cannot be seen. Yeah. But um. they can see us. Yeah. But sometimes you can see them. Yeah. If they want to show. Yeah. If they want us to see them, then they will make we see them. So it's like a parallel world almost? Like oh parallel universe. They 
So they kidnap people. Why would they want to kidnap you? So they're like little people that normally you don't see because they're in a different dimension, but they can kind of step out of that dimension and cause people to get lost when they're in the forest. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we have we have a Sarau at our school. Um, so where we sit, where they say prayers. Okay. So Sarau and for girls and boys. So it's confused because it's a, a boys place. Mm -hmm. And this girl was in the Sarau, the boys Sarau? No, not in, but outside. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I was wondering. So. The this boy that you're talking about was in. Was he saying his prayers? And he saw this girl outside of the window. Ah, oh, yes, something like that. So he confused again. He confused about that. He just forget it. And then after a few minutes after that, the the one who uh, I was the one who got bullied with Alpha had been possessed possessed there. Oh, he was possessed. Then. Um, Oh, wow. So then he knows it's a bunyan. It's a, bunyan. A, a bunyan can possess somebody mm -hmm. then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he also okay. can possess somebody. So a lot of the spirits can possess the different spirits. So is the thing that makes them different kind of their motivation, what they want, makes them different yeah. from each other? Yeah. yeah ah, okay. One of my most story about the bunyan, this one's a little bit funnier, I think. And you guys can tell me if it's true or not. She said, whenever you're eating and you miss your mouth or you drop your food or something like that, she said it's because the bunyan wants your food. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we eat, that too, that too, it's fall. Yeah, it falls. It fell. It fell. Yeah. Well, we just watch it. Mm -hmm. You leave it for the bunyan, you don't take it. No, but I, but I always, they, they believe it, but, I, but we always eat whatever. Like, that's the food. My parents said that if, like, the food, like, fell, you must destroy them. Like, you must uh, step on it. Step on it. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> They said that the bunyan will think that you want to feed them, so they will continue like wanting food. So you have to step on them, so they will not be understood. <laughs> Show them who's boss. Mm -hmm. And the person who gets possessed, possessed by the uh, what other bunyan that bunyan is have to end up dancing. Dancing. Not kind of dancing. They just move. They're softly. Ah. Many, many, many years ago, you had different tribes who lived there, and they used to practice this thing called head hunting. And I know you have a museum there that has a display about this. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about head hunters and what they did? Head hunter just hunting for. Uh, other people had because they want to make a bridge stronger. They're that was for one tribe though, right? One group, right? Because mm -hmm. each group has different 
reasons for doing the headhunting, yes. right? Well, this is the famous one. With oh. the ah, the famous one, okay. They, they beauty, beauty, they will beauty the... Berry. Uh, berry the... Berry. Mm-hmm. Berry the, the, the head under the bridge, so the bridge will... Be strong. Be strong, mm-hmm. because the our school is... Very high. Mm-hmm. So, um... My friends in Tambunan, right, they're Dusun, they were telling me that one of the reasons that, like, at least for Dusuns, they would take heads as a sign of kind of victory in battle, right? They would take the head. But what they were telling me in the old days that they believed was that there are seven spirits within your body and the most powerful one is in your head controls the rest of the spirits in your body. And so in order for the for the head to kind of retain its power, it had to be taken when the person was alive, right? You couldn't just, if you took the head off of someone who had already died in battle, it wouldn't work because that spirit had already left. So it had to be somebody who was alive to retain that spirit. And what my my friends in Tambunan, which is another area in Saba, were telling me is that then people would bring these heads into their homes, right? They would put them in their houses or they would keep them in a public place in their kampong or their village. And after some rituals to kind of, you know, appease the spirit and enter, uh, welcome it into the community, it would actually be treated as one of their ancestors, right? And it would be used to kind of protect the community. Have you guys ever heard that? Is that true? My auntie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can say auntie. Yeah, auntie Ken. But that was just for, you know, dusuns in yeah. Tambunan. Mm-hmm. I've also heard, and you guys can tell me whether I'm wrong or not, didn't some men, if they wanted to get married? Oh, uh, yeah. They want, they want to get married with the, a girl in the house. And when three men... One, one the girl, so they need to hunt as much head as they can. So the, the apa? The more heads. Whoever has the most heads. Whoever had got the most, <laughs> the most head, the, the most head. Wins? <laughs> get, Great. Get <laughs> well, that's interesting. So kind of proving you're a big, strong man, right? <laughs> ah. <laughs> showing, showing who's the strongest. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you girls would love that, right? If a if a boy liked you and they came up and they said, "Well, I have five heads and he only brought you three. I'm better." <laughs> <laughs> Which strange. one would you guys choose? <laughs> None. None. Not, I agree. <laughs> None of them. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> so that's really old, though, right? Yeah. That's really old practice. People don't do people don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. We always like to ask people what they think a ghost is. So I would like to know from each of you girls, if someone was to ask you, what is a ghost? What would be your answer? Yeah, what is a ghost? What do you think about when you think of a ghost? A devil. A devil? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ify says it's a devil. Okay. How about you, Ela? Spirits. It's a spirit. Spirit of what? Any yes. spirit? Okay. Okay. It's a spirit that we shouldn't have disturbed. Like, it has their own life and we have our own life. So, if we don't disturb them, then they will not disturb us too. Miss Wahida, what do you think a ghost is? 
God, we believe that God, eh God, <laughs> ghost. We believe that ghost is just is a spirit, a evil spirit that not live in peace, that want to disturb people and something like that. <laughs> so, so the general consensus is it's kind of a ghost is a spirit, right? Yeah. But you guys think of ghosts as more bad spirits. Uh, is that what I'm getting from you guys? Is that what we're what I should understand? Yeah. Okay. okay. So a ghost is a bad spirit. Do you think there is a particular time of day when the spirits seem to be more active? Like are they more active at night? Do you hear or day or does it not matter? They are active at night. At yes. night and expe- especially in Thursday night. Thursday night. Why is that? Because the next day is Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday is where it's the end of, it's, it's the head of, uh, it's like uh, the Thursday, Friday is like Friday, Friday night for us. For Islam, like mm, so, it's important in Islam, right? Yeah. Friday is important in Islam, and we because Friday is the leader, yeah, um, the leader of the day. Friday, so it's kind of like for Christians, Sunday is important, right? Yeah. Sunday is the important day for Christians, okay? Friday is important for Muslims, right? So, the spirits are restless before Friday, right? Ah. What about, is there a certain time of day that I should stay inside around, like, it's, maybe my friend told me around one of the azans, I need to stay inside. Yeah, when Maghrib, especially in Maghrib. Mm-hmm. Six. Maghrib is kind of after six. Yeah. Six, six, uh, six p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why, why Maghrib? Why around Maghrib? Because Maghrib is where this guy starts to get dark. Uh-huh. Uh, and so... The azan oh. will will be spread around the. What's an azan, guys? Like a reminder. A reminder yeah, already time to pray. To pray. So your call to prayer. Oh. Yeah. Ah, okay. So five times a day. Mm-hmm. So around your maghrib prayer is when the ghosts are like. If you were to pick during the day when the ghosts are most active, it's. Is it around Maghrib? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, I've always noticed the dogs barking around yeah. Maghrib. The, the reason is the the dogs the dog so the dog can see the ghost run running 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 away from the azan. Yeah. Uh, That's why we have to close our doors and yeah, so they won't go in. They won't come in. Oh. Yes. The ghost like will like they hear. We like go burn when the azan was late. Oh, okay. Uh, and if you don't don't tutup apa? Don't yes. close your doors and, and windows. On. They will come inside. There's this kind of a kind of ghost we call it mo apa? Umusibia. Ah, umusibia. Kind of. It will come to your into your house and hang around like on the ceiling. <laughs> Oh, it hangs like, out on the ceiling? Ah, like yes. a lizard. <laughs> that's, that's why with my grip, if you don't, I know, uh, if you don't close, the door. close the door, any babies in the house will look at and look, cry. And cry. So if you see a baby staring at a certain spot on the ceiling, yeah. you better go running for the imam. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh no. <laughs> what about uh, during Ramadan? Ramadan. What happens with the spirits during Ramadan? We believe that we create in the lock. They will lock it up in the hem. Uh, why is that? Why are all the spirits gone during Ramadan? Because Ramadan is a, a good month. It's a holy month for us. Yeah. We there's where we there's where we learn. So we will not eat for one one day mm-hmm. from the Azan Subu. Mm-hmm. The first time pray until the sun up. Sunrise to sunset. Until the sun sets, we will not go. We, we can't. We can't can eat. eat or drink and do anything that can make us puasa. We call it puasa. What's puasa? Fasting. I love that. And in they, 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 all the ghosts is locked up in hell. Yes. So we cannot be disturbed. Ah, oh, okay. So you don't have to worry about any disturbances while you're fasting. Mm. Okay. So basically, fasting fight. keeps the bad spirits away. No, no. Uh, just the Ramadan. So is it kind of like a community effort, a group effort? <laughs> it's uh, just like it is like our. Uh, January, February, March, the month. Like but month. the most yeah, the most month, the eighth month. Um, so the, this thing, one month. Yeah. I think I think what they want to know is why, how did how did the ghosts end up chained up in hell during Ramadan? Is it because everybody is being holy? Everybody is being especially holy and focusing on the Quran, or is this? Or focusing on prayer and things like that. Oh uh, yeah, that's where combined holiness yeah. of yeah. everyone. Okay, okay. okay. So that makes sense. So it's like I know, like the combined holiness of the community. Is that right? Okay. So it's good during Ramadan, right? We don't have to worry about ghosts during Ramadan, but then at night around Maghrib, that's when you have to worry about them and the thing hanging out on your ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sarawak, is that another state in Malaysia? Yes. So Sarawak is the other uh, Malaysian state on the island of Borneo. Combined, they're known as East Malaysia. So one of our students, Keisha, who goes to our school, she is actually from Kuching, Sarawak, which is the capital city of Sarawak. She's not here with us today because we had it's a weekend, but I think she sent the stories to you girls, right? Yeah. She explained yeah. it to you? Okay, so maybe you guys can retell Keisha's stories from Sarawak. Keisha said uh, one day her friend and his friend went to the library at the school, but the library was closed, so they were just walking around. Suddenly, one of his friends who had six cents uh, very strong, kind of thing. Said he felt something weird and strange, and he really not he really noticed something, but he did not tell anyone about it. He just said, "Guys, walk fast." She after they after they return to the hostel, he tells what he saw just now. He tells that he saw something with holding its head. So a figure holding its head. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm. 
I don't know what's that, but she told me. That. That's what Keisha told you guys. Oh yeah. my goodness. A ghost holding its own, its own head. Oh, and so this was at it, their school. You mentioned the hostel. This is different from American schools. Um, in Malaysia, schools often have um, what we call a hostel attached to them where students can live during the week because okay. sometimes it can be hard to get from home to school because students live a little bit farther away. So some of them live in, in like a hostel. So they went back to the hostel and they saw this figure. Ooh, I wouldn't want to sleep there after that. <laughs> now, do you, any of you have a personal ghost story that you haven't shared so far that you would like to share? My auntie, who lives in Ranchangan, where she lives. Where Ila, Ila lives. I live Can inside I, the village. My, my village, my kampung is beside. It's just close. Okay, so it's close, to Ila's, yeah. it's close to Ila's kampung. Yeah. And my aunt. Actually, my aunt is pregnant, so mm-hmm. she lives in, in the house by herself. Her husband and her son is going to the practice, uh, what do you call it? Tarik tali. Uh, so like some kind of sporting event? Yes. Uh, okay. So they go practice it at the field, Rancangan school field. Mm-hmm. So when they, go, when they go there, can her son, my cousin, is playing around, and then he saw a white thing. So a white just, figure. Ah, with white figure, figure. Just, so he sit down. They don't even talk anything. But then, when they finish the practice, they go back home, and then the rook, their rook took just like someone step on them and running on the top of their car. Yeah, and no, uh-huh. no car. The rook yeah. took, uh, house, house, house. Oh, their house. So creepy oh. things started happening at the house. Yeah, kind of. When the she then then he tells about it to the young where she where he saw where she saw the white things. Uh-huh. So the 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 ghost is disturbing them. Okay, so the ghost. What happened? How did they get rid of it? Because your aunt was pregnant, right? You said. Yes, but then it just disappeared like that. Ah, uh, so it came as it left as quickly as it came. Mm. Mm-hmm. But then not all. It's not also. It's not only that. She also. You also hear uh, many weird things. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's not only her that was pregnant in the house. Also, her husband's sister also ah, pregnant. her sister-in-law. So when, when she, when she sleeps, she heard a uh, claw. Claws? In the ding ding. There's, the a, there's a claw song. Claws scratching on the, on the walls. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> and many of them, but I forgot. Ila or Ify, do you have any stories you want to tell? Yes. Okay. So my my family has gimbaran. Gimbaran. What's a saka. gimbaran? Saka. So Ila and Ify's family had a saka at one point okay. um, that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and what did it do? How did you know you had that? My grandma told me. Grandma told you. Okay. Is so it, what happened? Did she see it or was it doing things in the house that made her think it was there? My grandfather uh, used to have. Okay. So did you see it or did things happen at things your house? Happened. Okay. So what happened? My aunt was being possessed. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what, was there anything that she was doing specifically? How did you know she was possessed? Before she was possessed, we were doing, we were going to the, mana, apa, batukang urut. 
someone who... Oh, a massage? Yeah. Ah, okay, you were, she was going for a massage or you were going for a massage? So mm-hmm. when she was being massaged, like, to... Cramp. For cramps? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. she had cramps and she so was being the, massaged. Yeah, the massager accidentally, like, uh, feel like this, something is... Yeah, disturbed the, the saka in her body, so it became aggressive. And my aunt started to see things like she she said there was so many bugs on her hands. Oh, okay. There were there were none. Mm-hmm. And we got back to home and call uh we call imam to to do an exorcism. Exorcism. Mm-hmm. And you saw the exorcism, right? Yes. Okay. So my the. Saka, they, that thing was laughing. Oh, and it was different from your aunt's laugh? Yes. No, 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 no. It was still my aunt's voice. Mm-hmm. And just like what we said earlier, it used rice, uncooked rice. Mm-hmm. It throws... The imam? Uh, the imam. He? <laughs> he throws the rice towards my aunt and the Saka said, uh, stop throwing the rocks. Oh, oh interesting. The Saka said it was rocks, but it was just rice. And the Saka also laughed. The Saka count our heads. Counted your head? Yes. No, we were in the room and room with... It was discounting. Yes, the door was like that. and the So <laughs> it had like um the door that she just pointed to, it was like a sliding door? Yes. Okay, so it was just a sliding door. So she can see us. That's a little creepy. She starts counting your heads Ooh, like, in the middle of an exorcism. Did you feel like you were in danger? Did you feel scared at all? Yes, I feel scared. Very scared. So it, what know. happened after that? Did, did the imam successfully drive the saka out? The imam didn't drive the saka out. It just made the saka come down. Oh, so your aunt will always have the saka. Yeah, it can be removed can't be removed so she will always have the saka oh wow oh that's not good yeah (laughs) it's still inside her so it's still inside her is what they're saying wow one that i've had i was in tambunan which is another town uh in sabah and there was the family i was staying with there was a death in the family at least in this family, they're Dusun. They believe that you're not supposed to leave the house for something like seven days. You're not supposed to do anything. Like it was during that time, it was the rice paddy planting season. And so we couldn't plant the rice paddy either. The man who died was the nephew of the family that I was staying with. And his best friend was their son who was current, was living in the capital city of Sabah, Kota Kinabalu. And so he wasn't able to make it back for the viewing. This son's father, the uncle, decided to wait for his son to go to the funeral. So he also didn't go to the viewing. And they, we eat outside when we're there. And so we have all these chairs that we put out in order to eat. So we all went to sleep that night, you know, stacked the chairs up so that, you know, the dogs wouldn't get into on them or anything. And when the mother of the house, uh, she went down to prepare breakfast and set the table out, on the very bottom chair that was stacked on the bottom, there was a huge footprint. And this man who passed away was known to have been very, very tall. He was like six foot two or something like that. My aunt, she doesn't really want to believe this kind of stuff. So she, she checks 
all of the shoes because when you go into a house in Malaysia, you have to take your shoes off. So she thought just maybe somebody had, you know, was playing a joke, stepped on the chair. But the footprint didn't match any of the shoes that were at the house. Uh, when they went to the funeral, they actually grabbed one of his shoes and measured it against the footprint that was on this chair. And it was a perfect match. Oh, wow. So what my aunt believes is that this person who had passed on was saying he was disappointed that his uncle and cousin hadn't been able to make it to his viewing and wanted to say that he needed them to come to the funeral so that he could, in a way, say goodbye to them. So that was like, that's one personal one that I've heard. Um, and then kind of going off of what you guys were saying about the Pontianak, right? The one who likes pregnant women. My friend Shafi, he, his grandmother was a midwife in Tenom. So he, they lived down in Tenom. And uh, at that time, she was operating out of their family home. And what he said was that there was a woman who was walking to one of her appointments with the midwife to just check on the baby. Um, and she actually ended up going into labor on her way there, on the on her walk there. So, you know, her water broke, her fluids broke, and it was quite a while before anybody came upon her on the road. But when they took her away, they didn't clean up all of the fluids from that area. And so that section of the road became extremely haunted, extremely aggressive. Um, people's cars were stopping whenever they passed that area. People were getting attacked. And he said that eventually, very dramatic scene, he said that his grandfather left with nothing but like a torch, like a flashlight and the Quran one night. And he went out to that spot and nobody knows what he did. But after he went out to that spot, there were no more issues. They, she, um, his grandmother says that it was something to do with the woman giving birth on the road there that attracted all of these evil spirits to it. Interesting. I've never heard anything like that before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can't the, the Bomos, can't they communicate with the dead yeah. that we were talking about? The Bomos? Or is that just the Bobo Hizan? Bomo yeah. also can. So the, what, this, the distinction between Bomo and Bobo Hizan, what's the difference there, guys? Bobo Hizan is uh, a Dusun. Just for Dusuns? Okay. Uh, Bobo Hizan is the one that Dusun believe in. Okay, yeah. Another story that this Dusun family has has told me is that, for example, if the nephew that had passed away, if they hadn't been able to so easily appease him, they would have actually had to have called the Bobo Hizan and would have had to have kind of a ceremony by his grave in which this woman would kind of allow the spirit to come into her body so that the, he could communicate with the family and they could figure out what exactly he needed. Um, so the Bobo Hizan can also do that in at least for Dusuns, right? But you guys are Bisaya, so <laughs> not the same for you guys. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you guys were just telling me something new today. When they walked in into my house today, you were telling me about the face on the mountain. What was that one you guys were talking about? Uh, actually, the when the before the earthquake, eh, after the earthquake, uh, and the, our mountain Kinabalu happened, and uh, they saw the fox just like uh, turn out being a face, someone face, 
and the face is a man who they believe uh, apa protect the mountain from other bad and other bad influence uh-huh. so they, they believe that men cause the earthquake ah because the tourists disrespected uh, the mountain right the tour, the, about the tourists this being naked mm-hmm. they were naked on yeah. the top of the mountain what year was that that was 2015 right the earthquake so in saba we have mount kinabalu which is the tallest mountain in Southeast Asia and it's very important right it's on our flag um our capital city is named after Kinabalu but it's very important right and a lot of people a lot of tourists come to summit the mountain and a bunch of these tourists came and they decided that it would be a good idea to strip naked on the top of the mountain and take a photo but that didn't turn out so well um for them because what was it like a day after a day after two days after sometime after that a day or so after that there was a massive earthquake that completely racked the um Kundasong area where Mount Kinabalu is located and how many people like 32 people passed away a lot of people passed away on the mountain that day due to the earthquake and what wahida yeah a lot of them were students uh from singapore students from singapore who were summiting the mountain and a lot of people believed that it was because these tourists disrespected mount kinabalu and so i think what wahida you're saying is the face that appeared on the mountain was the the spirit or the protector of the mountain the protector of the mountain the protector of the mountain who was very angry with the tourists so <laughs> yeah and then yes the bobo hizan and the bomo and everybody after that they had to go up on the mountain and kind of calm, up, calm yeah. the mountain calm the mountain okay. after that incident and i think the tourists were actually charged with disrespect and you know public indecency and stuff. <laughs> oh good. Well, I mean if they caused yeah. an earthquake, they should be charged with something. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Well, what about one more? One more that I'm curious about that I want you to tell me about. Ma Lampier. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Ma Lampier is a witch known for her large long breasts. 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 Okay. Uh, the story differ that she means uh, the the malampirs will kidnap a kids and hide them under the under the bre- the bre- the breast. So she hides them with her breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to explain. Mm-hmm. So when they realize that the the kid is lost, so they they will search for, they will call imam and search for them and you know do some do an exorcism so when the when it's done they 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 will call they will make the malampir afraid so she they release the kids release the kids mm-hmm. <laughs> i wanted you guys to talk about that one because i was confused what malampir was <laughs> i just want you to remember that miss courtney asked you about it and not me because i thought yeah. well i'm not going to embarrass them with asking them that <laughs> Yeah. Nor would I. She's a ghost from uh, a witch from that's a story from Indon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because Borneo is shared between Sabah and Sarawak, which are part of Malaysia, and then we have Brunei, 
And then there's also Kalimantan. Kalimantan, which is Indonesian. And especially because Beaufort, where Beaufort is located, is so far south in Sabah, we have a lot of Indonesian influence. There's like actually several communities in Beaufort that are originally from Indonesia, Apa, Bugis. Bugis is one of them. So we have a lot of, luckily for us, Indonesian food, but also some crazy Indonesian folk stories. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much for sharing them with us. And I know our listeners are just going to absolutely love this. You girls have been wonderful. Thank yes. you for sharing. Yes, thank you so much. How do you say goodbye in Bahasa Malayu? Selamat tinggal. Selamat tinggal. Selamat tinggal? Yep, selamat tinggal. Ify just said, good luck trying to sleep at night since you, you said the the name of the Balan Balan and the <laughs> I know and we're gonna it's night here, so we're getting ready to go to bed. So thank you. Uh, Miss Diane will not be sleeping. <laughs> well good luck and Salamat Tingal. Thank you for your time and interest in Saba. Thank you, All girls. Right. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. All you right. Too. You have a great day. Okay. Bye bye. This was a fascinating and fun cultural experience hearing about the legends of Malaysia from our SBKB Horror Club Creepy Girls. Are these just traditional stories handed down through the generations, or did some of these creatures actually exist at one time? Do they still exist? That is for you to decide. Denise, that was a lot of fun talking with those young ladies, especially because we were able to do it on video. So we could see when they were snickering at our pronunciations. And I really liked that Courtney would jump in every so often. And we would try to jump into to explain a little bit further to make it easier for people to understand the different legends that they were talking about and to verify exactly what they had said. Because some of the stuff I was just like, what? That's amazing. Yes, it was really, really fun. And I like that they actually laughed at you more than me. So that was fun, too. <laughs> We invite you guys to check out our website at historygoesbump.com. And if people want to send us some feedback, Denise, where can they do that? They can do that at historygoesbump at gmail.com. We did get an email from Tara. She said, several years ago, my friend and I used to go ghost hunting a lot. We enjoyed creepy places, creepy historical stories, and scaring ourselves half to death. We live in North Carolina, so we had a plethora of historical haunted places to choose from. This state has a very rich and occasionally very dark history. We would take trips down to the beach in the hopes of spotting Blackbeard's ghost. We went to a castle on UNC Chapel Hill's campus that was said to be haunted by a student who died by getting his head smashed on a rock during rush week. We went to a few century-old cemeteries in the middle of the night. We even drove four hours just to go to a park that was said to be inhabited by demons. Are you nuts? Do not go to demons willingly. And I'm thinking a park after dark. There's some demons there, but they're probably very human. In a strange turn of events, I ended up moving to the city that that park is in, and that park became my second home after I started running. I heard growling in the woods the very first time I went. It sounded unnatural, much deeper than any animal I'd ever heard before. However, for years after that, I had exactly zero experiences. I'm sure it was the power of suggestion. I went to the park looking and hoping for something supernatural to happen, so I heard the growling. Every other time I went to the park, hundreds of times over the course of a few years, I heard and saw nothing, so it's very likely I was just hearing things merely because I wanted to. Anyway, why I'm writing is about the Devil's Tramping Ground. And we did do an episode that featured the Devil's Tramping Ground, and the title of the episode was The Devil's Tramping Grounds, and we covered a whole lot of different areas. 
And so she just explained a little bit about it. For those of you who haven't heard the episode, it's basically this place in the woods. It's a large circle where nothing grows. No plants, no trees, nothing. The common story associated with this location is that the devil himself goes there, walks around that circle in the middle of the night, plotting his wicked deeds. And that's why nothing can grow in that area. And his hooves have burned the ground. People who've stayed overnight have reported waking up in different locations, always outside the circle. People have reported that when they placed an object inside the circle, that they'll find it outside of the circle that it's been thrown out the next day. She continues, now me with my interest in demons and the devil, not in a creepy way, I don't really believe they exist. I had to visit and my friend was just as excited as I was. This place was in the middle of nowhere. There was maybe one house every two miles or so and they were surrounded by dense woods. The open area known as the Devil's Tramping Ground was difficult to find. It was visible from the road, but only if you knew exactly what you were looking for. We would have missed it entirely had a truck not been pulled off to the side of the road right in front of the tramping grounds. Well, right when my friend and I got there and walked into the circle, we looked at each other and laughed. It was dull. There was nothing exciting or creepy about it. I remember my friend joking, well, at least you enjoyed the drive, referring to the idea we'd possibly wasted a one and a half hour drive out there to look at dead plants. (laughs) (laughs) We then looked to our left and saw a path. So naturally we followed it. In hindsight, this was probably not a good idea for two 19-year-old girls to do in a town no one knew where we were, alone. However, no one kidnapped us, especially if there's a truck already pulled over there. Where was the person with the truck? And houses every, like, two miles that kind of is bringing up, like, visions of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all of those things where they could keep you as prisoners. So I'm glad you're writing this today, girls. While we were walking, we stumbled on animal hair. Then I remember driving past a goat farm not even two miles back. The first thing I thought was animal sacrifices. People are disgusting. I felt a little uneasy and we were both a bit creeped out by it, but we kept walking. Eventually, the path led to a farmer's property, so we turned around and walked back toward the tramping grounds. On the way back, I decided to pull my phone out and take a bunch of pictures. I held my phone over my head and took pictures of whatever was behind me as we were walking. I figured if nothing else, I'll get pretty pictures of nature. I also took pictures of the fur we found, but I can't seem to find that picture. We got back to the tramping grounds and took some pictures of us there. I then walked around and took pictures of the weird symbols we saw spray painted on the trees surrounding the circle. I figured the same people who left the animal hair on the path did those. Then I noticed a cinder block that was laying on its side outside the circle. I picked it up and had to take a picture. So I looked at this picture and she thinks there's what looks like a goat's hoof on it. And it does kind of look like it. It's kind of creepy. We took more pictures and left. I was looking through my pictures later that night and nearly threw up. Remember how I said that as we were walking on the path, I held my phone over my head and took pictures of what was behind me? Well, I saw this in one of the photos and I did post it up in the Spooktacular crew. And I think I put it up on Instagram. If I didn't, I will. Y'all see that silhouette, right? That demonic looking thing. I have looked at this photo from various angles. I'm a huge skeptic. So I thought there's no freaking way this is anything supernatural. I played around with photo editing apps and altered the lighting to see if it would change or go away based on that. I focused on the plants on the other side of the silhouette to make sure I wasn't seeing the outline of a group of plants or anything like that. I'm a skeptic and I've never seen any evidence that anything supernatural exists, but this poked a tiny hole in my skepticism. I just have absolutely no explanation for this. Y'all see it too, right? The outline of the head and shoulders, the eyes and sinister grin. Tell me I'm not crazy. Am I just seeing things? I sent the photo to my friend that day and all I said was, do you see it? And she sent back a curse word. She never cursed before that. Ha ha. Needless to say, it freaked us out. Although I have to admit it did not deter us from going ghost hunting in the future. However, we also never went in search of the devil himself ever again. Ha ha. Well, I have to say, I looked at the picture and several people in the Spooktacular crew, and she didn't point out what she was indicating. You know, some people will put a circle around it, and she didn't, and I saw it immediately. Now, maybe it's pareidolia, because our minds like to make faces and things. 
But if it is making a face in this thing, it's a creepy face. I could see that this would be some kind of demonic thing walking behind her. It's a very freaky picture. And Tara, who wrote this email, I want to send her congratulations as well as Tiffany. They were both winners in our cemetery bingo game that we played the Sunday before Halloween. They both got 23 out of the 25 squares. And we were going to just pick one winner. But we thought, you know, it's Halloween. Why not give them both a T-shirt? So they're both getting T-shirts. Yes, that's very cool. We had a great time with it. I know a lot of people weren't able to participate with us because they were either feeling under the weather. We know there were storms in certain places. So we will be doing this again in the future. And in the Spooktacular crew, we loaded up three other bingo cards that Suzanne Silk had created. So there are now four bingo cards up there with different things on them. So you can go out with your friends and your family to a cemetery and say, you each get these different cards. We're going to go for whoever gets the diagonal first wins. And you guys can have a lot of fun. We hope that this starts a, a love for those of you who maybe aren't as into cemeteries or creeped out by them. Maybe this gets you into the seeing how wonderful all of the symbology and things are in a cemetery. It's just really neat the things you find because when we were doing cemetery bingo, I came around, there was a beautiful headstone. It didn't have any of the symbols we needed on, but with my love of the Polynesian culture and the hula, it was a beautiful epitaph and headstone to a young Polynesian girl that had passed away and it had plumeria flowers and somebody down by the water's edge dumping water out of the shell that was going into the ocean. It was absolutely gorgeous. And so I just took a moment to just send thoughts to her family. So cemeteries can be a really, really neat place to connect back or send positive energy to the people who lost the people that are there. And we have some reviews from Apple Podcasts. First one is Patchouli Drop. Where have I been? Five stars. I saw this podcast a while back, but I started with the first podcast and wasn't impressed. But in my search for Halloween entertainment this year, I decided to try again with the latest episode. Perhaps they had a rocky start, but these women have certainly found their stride. They give the history and folklore behind paranormal phenomenon, haunted places and ghost stories and sprinkle in humor and conjecture for good measure. I could listen to these women all day. Full disclosure, I've been listening to these women all day lately as I get caught up on their back catalog. Well, thank you so much for giving us a second try and I'm glad you've enjoyed it the second time around. Next, we have Jersey Diva. Fantastic five stars. This podcast is just fantastic. I just love the historical stories, the different destinations. Denise and Diane make it so much more interesting with their interaction. You might be interested in my state, New Jersey, where I live. We have the Jersey Devil, Batstow, the Pine Barrens, so very much history along the Delaware River during the Revolutionary War. We did do one on the Jersey Devil, which was absolutely fascinating. Cassidy, 234, History Goes Bump is wicked awesome, five stars. My favorite podcast, I look forward to it every week and promote it to all my friends and coworkers. My favorite character by far is Mom. Keep up the amazing work. <laughs> well, she'll be thrilled to hear that. We want to thank you all for tuning into this episode. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producers. We'd like to welcome new executive producers, Timothy Rich, Shondell Young, Kathy Boltier, Double A, Lady Lyra, and thank you to Andrew Eastwood and Brianne Barr for increasing your pledges. Want to keep the spooks away? Give us a review.